Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Hey, and good morning, faithful listener. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast, and I'm so excited that you chose to turn on this podcast this morning or whenever you're listening to study the Bible with me. So hopefully you have your cup of coffee in front of you (laughs) and that you are ready to dive into scripture because we're going to be finishing up Numbers chapter 24 today, talking about Balaam and Balak, which I have screwed up their names so much through all of this. (laughs) I have confused them so many times. I can't even tell you guys how many times I had to edit out the fact that I called Balaam Balak and vice versa. But anyway, we will be finishing up talking about Balaam and Balak today. But before we start Numbers chapter 24 and finishing it, I'd like to do a little recap as to what's going on. And for those of you who have been listening in, I'm sorry, but um, you probably don't need a recap, but I will still do one (laughs) for the sake of everybody, including myself. So anyway, Balaam was this prophet who was a Gentile, and he happened to have a, I suppose, gift of being able to curse and bless people on a spiritual level. Balak, on the other hand, was the king of the Moabites. And he hated the Israelite people because the Israelite people were all around Moab. They were uh, becoming stronger all the time. They had already defeated one of Moab's um, neighbors, the Amalekites, I believe it was. So Israel defeated them. And because of that, Moab and the Moabite king were very scared of the Israelites. So Balak, the Moabite king, asks Balaam to come out and spiritually curse the Israelite people. So Balaam obviously wants to do it because this would gain him a lot of money, a lot of fame, a lot of honor. He'd be like part of the king's court, I suppose. So he really wanted to go do this, even though he knew that it was against God to spiritually curse Israel. He still wanted to go out and get this fame and fortune basically for doing this task. So he goes, it was against God. God met him on the way and everything happened that was crazy with the donkey and all that. But even so, Balaam's heart did not change. He still wanted to go see the king. And so that's what ends up happening. So one thing that I told you guys recently, I think the last time we talked about this was I had said that Balaam had changed, like his heart had changed. But now I'm finding out new information or rather information I did not realize before that Balaam, his heart probably never did change because I found a verse in Revelation actually talking about Balaam. So Revelation 2.14 actually says, I have a few complaints against against you. You tolerate some among you whose teaching is like that of Balaam, who showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to sin by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sins. So, yeah, I was wrong before. Balaam, his heart had not changed. He still wanted to curse the people. And even though he realized now that he was not going to be able to curse the people because God did not allow him to do that, he still taught King Balak how to trip up the people of Israel by getting them to commit sexual sin against God. And thus, the people of Israel would then 
begin to curse themselves because that's what it says in Revelation. That's what Balaam ended up doing that uh, doing. But Numbers actually doesn't state this story. So I'm sorry that I got this wrong. Balaam was just all around a really crappy guy. (laughs) So this is a great example of why you guys need to listen in every single day, because when I make mistakes like this, I do my best to correct them. But anyway, let's go ahead and read Numbers chapter 24 today, verses 15 through 25. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible. Please feel free to read out of the version you prefer. Grab that cup of coffee and let's start. He took up his parable and said, Balaam, the son of Beor, says, the man whose eyes are open says, he says, who hears the words of God, who knows the knowledge of the Most High and who sees the vision of the Almighty, falling down and having his eyes open. I see him, but not now. I see him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel and shall strike through the corners of Moab and crush all the sons of Sheth. Edom shall be a possession. Sire, his enemy, shall also be a possession, while Israel does valiantly. Out of Jacob shall one have dominion, and shall destroy the remnant from that city. He looked at Amalek and took up his parable and said, Amalek was the first of the nations, but his latter end shall come to destruction. He looked at the Kenite and took up this parable and said, Your dwelling place is strong. Your nest is set in the rock. Nevertheless, Cain shall be wasted until Asher carries you away captive. He took up his parable and said, Alas, who shall live when God does this? But the ships shall come from the coast of Kittim. They shall afflict Asher and shall afflict Eber. He also shall come to destruction. Balaam rose up and went and returned to his place, and Balak also went his way. What I find so fascinating about this little portion here that uh, Balaam is talking about is the fact that he is very clearly talking about Jesus. He is prophesying about Jesus, this star coming out of Jacob, this scepter rising out of Israel. I mean, those are definite ways to describe Jesus, right? And what's so cool about this prophecy is the fact that Balaam was a Gentile man. He was somebody who had a contrary heart towards God, but yet he got to have like a huge honor of being one of the first prophets to prophesy the coming of Jesus. And I find that cool. Like that's just a very merciful thing that God is doing, I believe, for Balaam because of how cruddy Balaam is. But God is so merciful to us. And this just kind of proves that Even though we are cruddy people sometimes, (laughs) like we sin, we do things contrary to what God wants all the time. And you know, Balaam, here's the thing about Balaam. Balaam's heart was as far away from God as you could possibly get, right? I mean, we talked about all that. And I mean, that just shows that we definitely can have heart issues where our hearts are so far away from God, even though we're pretending, we're going through the motions, we're acting like we love God so much and, you know, we do all these things for him. Sometimes our hearts are like Balaam's, right? Where we just are far away from God. But yet God has mercy on all kinds of sins. He has mercy on us when we do sin. God shows his mercy to us all the time. So here's what uh, Balaam Balaam's parable says. This is Balaam speaking here. Balaam, the son of Beor, says. (laughs) So basically he's saying, I say, and in verse 17, I see him, but not now. I see him, but not near. So this is showing that 
Balaam is prophesying somebody that is afar off. He is not going to come for a long time, but Balaam sees a Messiah coming out of Israel. I see him, but not now. I see him, but not not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. A star, you know, I mean, what a beautiful way to describe Jesus. And what's cool about that as well is the star is very much a symbol of Christmas, right? Uh, the wise men followed the star to find Jesus. So it's just an interesting prophecy. I mean, Jesus is definitely considered, I believe, to be a star. I mean, stars are glorious. They're bright. They're beautiful. They're a light, right? I mean, there's so many things that a star could be described as. And then here, a scepter will rise out of Israel. When you think of a scepter, what do you think of? I mean, I typically think of like a thing that a king holds. (laughs) So this is showing that Jesus has authority as a king. So he's both a star and a scepter. He's going to have authority. And I mean, the cool thing about the book of Luke, which is what we're going through on Tuesdays and Thursdays, when Luke wrote his book, he was basically describing so many scenarios about Jesus having authority. That's kind of the theme of Luke, if you really look at it, is Jesus has authority. And I mean, a scepter, a king has authority to do what he wants to do just as Jesus has that authority over everything. So then this, and shall strike through the corners of Moab and crush all the sons of Sheth. So we don't think of Jesus as being a warrior because when he first came down to earth, that is not something that he did. He was not the warrior, even though people believed because of of, uh, prophecies like this, people believed that Jesus was going to come, the Messiah was going to come as a warrior. This is exactly why people during Jesus's time didn't really like Jesus, didn't really think of him as the Messiah, a lot of them, because he was not the warrior type that they were expecting. So even nowadays, you and I, typically, we don't think of Jesus as being a warrior because at this time, he's not. But we just talked about yesterday how Jesus is going to come again, and he is going to come again as a warrior, and he is going to bring his judgment with him and he's going to judge the nations so i mean balaam here is predicting jesus not just the first time around but the second time around as well when jesus comes back again the second time this is how far out balaam's prophecy is it's far out anyway so jesus is going to come back again and it says he is going to strike through the corners of moab and crush all the sons of sheth edom shall be a possession Seer, his enemy, shall also be a possession, while Israel does valiantly. And something I actually read recently, and I, I'm very sorry because I can't remember where I read this, but I read it somewhere in the Bible <laughs> during my personal devotions. I read a prophecy that says that the Gentiles are going to continue to harass Israel until the age of the Gentiles are over. That was basically what it said in a nutshell. So I thought about that and looking at this prophecy here, this makes a lot of sense to me that Israel is going to continually be harassed by Gentile nations until Jesus comes again and finally strikes them through and gets rid of all of that chaos and that corruption and that fighting and those wars. Jesus is going to reign supreme over it all. 
So the gen, the age of the Gentiles is going to be over and the age of Jesus is going to be forever. So then it says in verse 19, out of Jacob shall one have dominion, one being Jesus, and shall destroy the remnant from the city. So he's going to destroy the people who are left in the city, the, the Gentile nations that don't follow Jesus, that don't believe in Jesus, the remnant that's left, even they are going to be gone. And I mean, what does Jesus say about that all the time in his parables? How when Jesus comes again and the judgment comes, people are going to be plucked out and thrown into the fire. And that is what Balaam is predicting here, is prophesying about. So I think, I think this is really cool, actually. So then after this, Balaam looks at other neighboring uh, tribes. So it says he looked at Amalek and took up this parable and said, Amalek was the first of the nations, but his latter end shall come to destruction. And honestly, I didn't really look up any of this stuff. Um, I'm going to guess the Amalekites are gone at this point. (laughs) I'm just going to guess that because I've never heard of an Amalekite besides in the Bible here. So I'm going to guess these prophecies have already taken place for the Amalekite and the Kenite is what he specifically talks about. So then after this, in verse 23, he takes up this parable and says, Alas, who shall live when God does this? But ships shall come from the coast of Ketam. They shall afflict Asher and shall afflict Eber, and he also shall come to destruction. So all of these neighboring cities, whether this is talking about the end when Jesus comes back again and removes the age of the Gentiles, that could be talking about that, or this could be talking about something that happened years ago that honestly I did not uh, look up, <laughs> whether any of these tr- these tribes are technically completely gone at this point or not. So I mean, either way, this already happened or it's going to happen. It's a prophecy that Balaam had about Jesus just coming to earth again a second time and finally putting an end to all the corruption, putting an end to all the sins, the sorrow, the frustrations, everything else that we struggle with in life. So the entire Bible is just tied together. And this just proves it right here. Something, such an obscure story in the middle of numbers just shows how tied together all of scripture is because scripture remains consistent all throughout it. I mean, this was written thousands and thousands of years ago, and yet it is repeated in the New Testament by something that was written only 2000 years ago. It's repeated. And so it's just so cool how all of scripture just ties together so well. Well, guys, we're going to talk more actually about Balaam and Balak. I'm going to go a little bit more into depth about Balaam and the extra sin that he committed uh, mentioned in Revelation chapter 2 in the next episode. So join in on Friday. We're going to talk about that. We're going to see what happens to the Israelite people in the next chapter because it's kind of crazy. And uh, it just sort of went downhill really fast with uh, the Israelites and everything. So we'll talk about that. We'll see how Balaam could have potentially added to the miseries of Israel, I suppose. And um, yeah, so we'll definitely talk about all that. So join in on Friday for that. But anyway, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode and that you uh, learned something from it, even though it is something that um, is not often talked about at church. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard a 
sermon done on Numbers chapter 24. I have heard sermons done on Balaam and Balak with the the donkey and everything. I've heard sermons like that, but I don't think I've ever heard a sermon done on Balaam's uh, prophecies. So that's kind of, so it's a fun one to dive into, I think. But anyway, guys, I hope that you learned something and that you go over and check out Out of the Mire, which is a devotional that I wrote back last year. And it is a eight week or seven week devotional on the life of Joseph from the Old Testament, Joseph the slave. And it's just talking about purposelessness. You know, we just celebrated Labor Day and everything. And uh, if you feel purposelessness in your career and you're sad that you have to go back to work this week, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that you didn't have a longer weekend, maybe check out that book and see if uh, God speaks to you through it. And I will link that in the bio of this podcast episode. But friends and faithful listeners, don't forget to share the podcast, tell people that it exists, and also just have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday. I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning for an episode out of Luke. Happy listening and God bless. Ooh.